Hi, I'm Irene Yanku, and this is my podcast. I have spent my entire career in dentistry learning. Learning about new technology, techniques to better my clinical skills, and now I'm a practice owner and leader. In life as a learner, I've noticed my truest love for learning has not been about teeth or what material is best to use for a core buildup. It's been learning about people in our dental community. The educators, scientists, clinicians, business owners, and advocates, their stories, their lives, their why, and their what's next. Getting to know them as humans, identifying how they work, what their rituals are, while highlighting them as the true trailblazers in dentistry. And that's what I do here on the show. So hold on to your suction. It's about to get slippery here on the Tooth or Dare podcast. Welcome back, peeps. Hello. Fancy seeing you here. If you're watching this on YouTube, hello in real life. It's been a minute and I want to say thank you for all of you that have been patiently awaiting the scheduled release of some of these episodes. And if you didn't notice, then let's pretend I never said that. I hope you're having a great day. I am recording this intro from my living room. As you can see, the foliage of the garden in my living room, which is great, keeps me very busy. Plants bring me joy. I think there's one thing that I want to say about this week's episode is that the important thing in everyday life is that we do something every day that brings me joy. And recording podcast episodes bring me joy. I've learned that in the last little bit, I've got to connect with some really cool people. And you'll be excited, I think, about some of the content that's going to be coming out every Tuesday moving forward. So thank you for tuning in again to the Tooth or Dare podcast. This episode was recorded live on the show floor at Yankee, sponsored by my friends at Designs for Vision, who I'm sure you've seen lots of content on my Instagram come out sponsored by them. It's just a remarkable company, one that I've enjoyed really working with over the last few years now. It's been a few years and seeing the development and changes of the products that they've created with dental people in mind and that collaborative response between dental people and now medicine as well which is what this entire episode is about. It's a very short episode. It's like 15 minutes recorded with Katrina, whom some of you may remember as my past co-host on the show, aka the dental wine genist. And you'll hear some messaging from Robert, who is one of their internal peeps at Designs for Vision that is going to share a lot of information about Reveal, a technology that I have yet to use and that I'm very excited for. And it's this bridge between medicine and dentistry, and specifically with bacteria, this series of loops and fluorescence and technology helps us visualize bacteria in the mouth. And by looking at porphyrins, which is something that you'll learn all about it in this episode, I want to give it all away. But it's really interesting. And I think that it's revolutionary in dentistry. And it's something that really speaks to my core values, which my team at my office have been looking at creating or redesigning over the last month for the reason that, you know, for anyone that's listening, that's, you know, watched my Instagram stuff, you know, that like we do things a little differently. We don't quote unquote, just scale teeth. And unfortunately we have turned some patients away because of what their expectations have been 
something very different than the reality of what we want to provide. We want to provide excellent care and excellent care sometimes comes with more steps than what we learned in dental hygiene school or what I learned in dental hygiene school 16 years ago. Oh my God, it's like dating me to say how old I am. But that comes with change and changing what you do in your everyday practice is probably going to determine what happens with your cases in the future. So I think this is a beautiful example of what change can look like and a beautiful example of how difficult it may be for some people, coworkers, or patients to understand that we're doing things differently. And Katrina said it really nicely because she talked about how she works in a practice that she's the only one that uses this technology when she practices and nobody else does. And you know, what's that conversation like between you and patient and you and fellow team members? And it's okay to be different. I think that's the molar of the story in this intro is that it's okay to do things differently and it's okay to be different than the other people that you work with. But the goal is that you're providing the best care that you can. And sometimes that opens you up to a little more scrutiny. Sometimes that might open you up to taking more time that ever crazy billable time that we're always fighting and struggling with. But the molar of the story is that it's okay. And if you go to your office on Monday morning or whenever today, now, five minutes from now, and you go there and you look at things a little bit more critically and say, is this the best option for my patient? Is this like the best treatment that I could provide? And if your answer is there's something else out there that I should be incorporating, then like I strongly challenge you to go for it and try and implement it in your practice, into your everyday life. Perhaps that just means, you know, adding one more step to your assessment, adding one more step to that oral cancer screening, adding a device if you can, and like advocating as hard as you can to the employer, whoever's doing the ordering in your office, and don't back down. Because Irene of 16 years ago when I first graduated until the moment that I decided to open my own practice and that was an excursion of 13 years. I backed down sometimes, like I really did. I backed down because so many times you hear the word no and then it becomes your reality. And it was until the moment that I was like, I can't keep hearing the word no because it's impacting my patients. That's when I decided to just risk it all, risk everything to do what I thought was best. So here's the episode about maybe something you might consider in the next few to five years. I say few to five because I hope that maybe it's more soon than that. But thank you to my friends at Designs for Vision for sponsoring and inviting me to your trade show and setting up a little table in the booth at the bottom of the stairwell in Boston. Yankees are great conference. It's held in Boston in January every year. Don't worry about the weather, but If you ever get a chance to go, I strongly encourage it. So check this episode out. Yeah, episode. It's a YouTube video, but it's an episode. Is the podcast a YouTube channel or is the YouTube channel a podcast? I don't know. Either way, it's happening. So thank you. And until next time, peace out, peeps. First podcast. First podcast for you. Okay, so you just heard... Katrina talk about her experience with Reveal. I shared a couple of videos, some brain surgery videos, some of Katrina's videos. And now I've been sitting at the Designs for Vision booth. We were just kind of chatting. I'd like to introduce you all to Robert and Dues. Yeah. What's your official title? I'm the Northeast Regional Sales Manager for Designs for Vision. Okay. So we're sitting here. I got to look at the reveal loops. This is the Zienna frame, which some of you may have already seen on my Instagram. I have these. 
but this has the integration. So now I figured out what this looks like. And I have a cut on my hand and we were kind of looking at it together with the light. I need you to tell me what colors, like how would someone know what they're doing with this for the first time? Yeah, so it's actually really easy, the concept. The 405 nanometer blue light will automatically activate bacteria within a wound. So if you're looking at a cut and it's infected, it will show a bright red color. Okay. That would be a porphyrin-producing bacteria. What kind of bacteria are porphyrin-producing bacteria? Staph is one. Yeah, okay. What would we see in the mouth? Like streptococcus, mutants? Exactly. Okay, lactobacilli? And that would be basically a bright red color. Okay. You'd obviously want to remove that. Sure. If you're looking at a wound also, you're looking at a cyan green color that would signify Pseudomonas bacteria. Green, so it'll be green. Cyan green. Cyan green. Okay, wow. Okay. And then what? So you remove it and then it's gone. You do your restoration or you finish your hygiene. and. Yeah, the idea is that The only way you can heal anything is if you start with a clean bed, right? So when you're looking inside the mouth, this bacteria will automatically fluoresce at you. And the idea is to remove it all before you start doing whatever reconstruction you're going to do. Right. Yeah, because obviously it multiplies and it spreads rather quickly. That's really cool. How far have we gotten with the technology? Like, Are you envisioning that this is going to be in every dental office? Like, What have you noticed over the last... How long has it been out for now? Like a year and a bit? It's been out for a couple of years. I think it's been kind of a slow roll yeah. because it's brand new to the market. Sure. It's disturbing the way that we do our everyday care. I would have to agree with that. Yeah. This allows clinicians to be much more successful in providing good care for their patients. The only real way to know if the oral cavity is clean is if you know if you can remove all the bacteria and you've got a fluorescence roadmap to tell you that, what better way? Yeah. Really cool. Interesting. Any other tips you want to share about them? Any fun facts? Like, I'm a blank slate when it comes to the reveal technology. Yeah, it's super new technology, but it's really easy to use. If you've been using a loop and a light already, it's basically the same. Yeah. You just flip a switch and you're a different color. Exactly. It's not a lot of change. I know people aren't crazy about change. Mm -hmm. So it is going to be a really smooth transition for a clinician to use it. And the technology is... It's just fantastic. You know, it it will change the game. I envision it to be the standard in dentistry in the future. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, if you can't see something, you can't treat it. And that's often why we take radiographs, right? It's like two dimensional, black and white. I mean, some people have 3D imaging, but most don't, I'd say like, at least in Canada, we don't. So you can't see, you're assuming that there's something present. This is like definitively saying, here you go. Here's where I am. Now it's up to you. This would be like a fascinating thing to implement into like a practice where perhaps people are underdiagnosing because of the fear of overdiagnosing. It's also great for patient acceptance, right? Because if you can prove and show to a patient that, hey, this is what's wrong with your tooth. Yeah. This is why you have whatever condition you have. Yeah. This is how you can fix it, you know? So you show that to them. Patient acceptance, I think, is a big benefit to right. clinicians you right? didn't paint on pink like <laughs> right, I was right. like i didn't paint anything in there to make anywhere. it a little yeah. no like this was already here exactly. like i didn't make this a different color for you wow that's cool well thank you for sharing one last question can we talk about price point like what is that looking like for peeps i mean i know it's different canada u.s but sure it, the dual beam and i know you guys do promos at shows and stuff so yeah the dual beam itself it's, it's got a white light and a blue light 
That goes for seventeen hundred ninety-five right now. Okay. And the loops themselves, they range in magnification, sure. of yeah. course. So price will vary from thirty-five hundred to five grand. Yeah, and students can get the student promos and stuff on the loop. There's portion. student discounts as well. Yeah. They are different than your normal loops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have emission filtered lenses in them, so it's a complete package. Yeah. The light will work with the loops and the loop will work with the light. They won't work separately. Yeah. So it's a unit. It's a specific unit. You yeah. won't be able to use it with existing loops or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to get my hands on these. Thanks for awesome. jumping in kind of last minute on <laughs> the Katrina episode. Sure thing. Thanks okay. for having me. Bye. So welcome back, peeps. Katrina and I are sitting at the bottom of the escalator at Yankee. And if you know anything about Yankee, the bottom of the escalator is where everyone it is enters the, and exits this is it. from. Yeah. So welcome back. Irene, I think we should do a description of what it is that we're in right now. Like there's an well, ice there's skating a video, rink over so here. So all the people that are watching this on YouTube, and if you're not watching it on YouTube, you should be watching it you on should. YouTube. You should. Yeah, get onto YouTube. Yeah, because you can actually see our mugs now. It took me getting rid of Katrina to actually start recording this. You're like, well, now that Katrina's gone, I can show my face. No. Everybody always said I have a face for podcasting. So thank you, Irene. Before, we were always in like different places. Do you remember I when know. we recorded that episode and I was actually doing my makeup? No. I remember like, the I time that robe, we recorded and you were in a robe. And I looked like an avatar. You had just gotten out of the <laughs> bathtub is yeah. what had happened. Yeah. And you were getting ready for dinner. So oh, anyways. New Year, New Me, we're recording an episode at the Designs for Vision booth. Yes. It's going to be a quick episode because you and I have actually not talked about Reveal. We're going to reveal. We're going to reveal, reveal. Yeah. And there's a new reveal coming. So for those of you that don't know what Reveal is, and yes, this is a sponsored episode, but yes, I would also be talking about it if it wasn't a sponsored episode because it's pretty freaking cool. It's like the newest thing that's happening so in dentistry. If someone were to explain it to a sixth grader, it's basically like magical glasses that yes. shines a different color light of a spectrum, just like the same spectrum that I'm on. And then it shows the color of the plaque bacteria porphyrins. Uh huh. That emits this magical glow. They emit a fluorescence. A yes. fluorescence. A magical glow. A magical of sorts. glow of sorts that can identify lesions mm-hmm. like pathology, like so carious lesions. I know nothing. Okay. Like, I am whiteboard. You Buckle are about up, to Irene. like flowchart me right Check now. Check out the exits at the front of the plane, side of the plane, and the back of the and plane. Katrina, Make sure you, you buckle up because we're doing it. Yesterday, and you did a thing mm-hmm. where you shared some knowledge with the peeps here. Yes. And now you're gonna do the same like 15 minute spiel. Let's spiel it. Spiel it for I'm me. I'm gonna spiel it for you. And I just saw your sister. Yeah, she's here. She's here. But so keep going. We're, we're going to do ignore it. her. We're going to ignore her. Yes. So actually, it's kind of funny that you mentioned my sister because this is really where the crux of the reveal technology began was in medicine uh. and particularly in wound care. See, the crux of this technology. The, the crux of the technology. Take me back. Take me back to the crux. I'm just going to dial it back. When we manage wound care in oral health and when we manage wound care in other areas, Part of the challenge is we needed to better understand how we were going to be able to approximate the wound, how we were going to manage the wound, and ultimately support our patient's immune system. Okay. So my sister is a foot and ankle surgeon, and she sees patients who are like end-stage diabetics. Right. And she's managing these diabetic foot ulcers, right? Right. Neuropathies, all of that, right? Yes. So she's managing these issues. if you're listening, I'm thinking of you. Put down your mucking of your toilets and we're doing this. So... 
within this, think about a diabetic patient. They're already immunocompromised. So we say all the time they have delayed wound healing, healing right? Yes. So what do we do when we treat a patient in dentistry? We just scrape everything. We are oftentimes removing otherwise healthy tissue, but we're just blowing everything out blindly. Fancy peeps call that root planing. We do. And curatage. And curatage. And the thing is, when we curatage out the healthy tissue along with the diseased tissue, now the body has to go back to how are we actually going to repair this wound? Right. And for somebody who is a delayed wound patient, which we see often, the issue really becomes are we doing more harm than good by removing all of the tissue instead of just specifically targeting the granulated tissue that needs to be removed? Well, the same was true in wound care. So we're talking about diabetic foot ulcers or individuals who have wounds associated with chronic disease. Right. At any rate, they started to recognize that bacteria release a fluorescence. Is it all bacteria or specific bacteria? It's specific disease-producing bacteria. And when we take a look at how this bacteria behaves, if we can use a very specific fluorescence on this bacteria or on infected tissue, Mm. that we will see a fluorescence or a glow if it is infectious or if it needs to be debrided. And it will not glow if it is not infectious or if we're looking at appropriate bodily tissue. So say that you've got, you know, a variety of areas that have plaque bacteria, Mm -hmm. calculus, You're telling me that you can have areas of plaque and it won't fluoresce at all? No. So what we're saying is that the biofilm itself releases this. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. How this has been applied in medicine is really where it began. Neurosurgeons would utilize this technology. They would open up, you know, somebody's brain cavity and they would look at an individual who has a tumor. Yeah. And you could actually see, you could approximate the entirety of the tumor and the edges, the borders of the tumor. How important is that in medicine, Which you peeps are probably looking at right now because we've edited a video of that. Oh, yeah. So as we're looking at that, you can see likely in the video, the fluorescence and the edges of the tumor itself. And the beautiful part about this is now it allows the neurosurgeon to be able to specifically target, not remove just a unnecessary amount of brain tissue. How important is that? Yeah. So let's talk about how we apply that in dentistry, shall we? You mentioned earlier, we do, shall we? Shall we? Was that a question? You mentioned, where's our mimosa, by the way? Yeah. You had mentioned that, you know, we call it scaling and root planing. Planing. But the important thing is we now know that we shouldn't actually be root planing because root planing planing actually intentionally removes tooth structure. And we know now that we shouldn't be removing that cementum because when you root planing, an area, you're removing that cementum that our attachment apparatus needs right. for healing. You're creating too much of a smooth surface. Correct. That, yeah. Now, did you go to hygiene school when... Root your planning inst- was a thing. Yeah. And yeah, your yeah, instructors yeah. would check to make sure that the it root was surface smooth. was glass yes. smooth, right? Yes. Just like this ice skating rink over here. I know. Right? Yeah. So you had to be glass I had smooth. to really like flip my brain around because we were taught to scale every area You do it in a sequence. You start from the right. right, You go to the left. You Mm -hmm. scale to completion. That's right. And now, I mean, not just now, but for the last perhaps decade, it's selective scaling, localized scaling. Like you are more detecting than you are scaling on, you know, profi patients and that sort of thing. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So I think the, the important piece to all of this really becomes now that we've changed this paradigm or this protocol. Yeah. How does that actually show up inside of our instrumentation? Because you and I were probably taught to take an 1112 Explorer, run it along that root surface and make sure it felt glass smooth. Yeah. So how do we change that now? Technically, rough cementum 
should be left alone. Mm -hmm. So now we have to look at our tactile sensation, our psychomotor skills, and really address this in a different way. So the neat thing about this reveal technology, the use of this fluorescence allows us to turn on this fluorescent light, be able to stare at that root surface. And if it doesn't glow a hot orange, you leave it alone. You leave it alone. So how does that work with air polishing, let's say, or using erythritol? GBT is a huge thing now. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're not going to leave everything alone. You're not going to leave everything alone, but you're going to be very specific and targeted. It's this new concept called precision medicine that we're trying to integrate into dentistry, which means, were you taught selective polishing? Yeah. Of course, right? Right. Now, what do we do in the real world? Most hygienists will just take every single tooth, right? Yeah. But the idea behind selective polishing was we didn't want to damage. We know the RDA. acquired pellicle. That's right. We just wanted to allow it to be preserved. That we shouldn't just be bulldozing in and destroying everything, but we should be precise and targeted. Right. And so through the use of this fluorescence-guided technology, we're able to be very specific and targeted. Now, that's just us talking about perio. but. The reveal technology itself allows us to be able to see debridement areas around dental implants, for example, yeah, right? Yeah, you so shared some calculus. really cool videos with me mm-hmm. that if I have your permission, I'll load them up here Please. and you can share them along. Yes, but load them, system. What you'll see is you'll see just that, that you're using this during your entire appointment. Like I didn't see you really flick the light on and off very much. You just kept it on. Whereas in the brain surgery video from earlier, like they would identify, then they would go remove, turn the light back on. What does that system look like? Is it like connected to your loops or do you need special glasses? You have to turn the lights off. What's the patient side of it? Yeah. So, and we're still kind of developing in dentistry how to do that because to your point, in a surgery suite, you've got a zillion different, you know, nurses there and and surgical techs and things like that. Usually we're working relatively isolated as hygienists. So the way that we've integrated it within our practice currently is I have the system on as an entire system with, you know, of protection over the loop itself. Okay. And then the light, the light flips on. I know Designs for Vision is really working to help support being able to flip flop back and forth between yeah. our LED light and yeah. the fluorescence guided light right now. But you flip it on, I keep it on for the entirety of the care because it allows me to see not only areas that have calculus, but areas where there is granulated tissue in there. So now I'm able to help guide the doctor in areas where we need to target that laser. So we keep it on throughout the entirety of the procedure. And to me, the coolest part of this is explaining to the patient Mm. why I'm wearing a new set of loops and a new light. And is it a whole set of new loops? Or is it going to be adapted to your existing pair of loops if you already have designs for vision loops? I mean, I know you're not a sales human. Maybe I can ask that question after, but It's just one big unit all attached together. Mine is one big unit. Yeah. And I like it that way. You know, I think that allows for me to know exactly what pair of loops I'm going to be wearing to target my patients in surgery versus, you know, I'm going to be wearing a different pair of loops. This is how I approach care when I'm doing consultations with my patient. But it goes back to the age old concept. You know, picture is worth a thousand words. And how often do we take these bloody gum tissue photos and we try to show the patient these are the areas where you're bleeding Mm -hmm. and most patients will say well yeah it's because you stabbed me in the mouth right Right. (laughs) that's why i'm bleeding yeah now we're able to use this technology flip it on and show the patient these are the areas where there's inflammation in your mouth it's like a heat map Mm -hmm. of inflammation yeah Yeah. and a heat map of disclosing where the debris is for our patients very cool which has absolutely transformed the way that we provide perio care to our patients so it's been phenomenal And we're very interested, of course, long-term in what this means 
because we're not destroying everything for our patient. We're being more precise and targeted. But the best part about this for me is that I spend less time in periosurgery. Do you actually? Yeah. Because now I'm not just scraping on everything. Right. I'm being very targeted. This is the area I need to focus on. This area, I look straight down into that pocket. It looks so. Let's say you clean. We're good. We're doing an SRP before. Are we still calling it an SRP? Yeah, it's still called SRP because that's what the world is calling it. ADA okay. still has so that as the procedural We're doing this code. SRP adjacent, mm-hmm. and a quad. So mm-hmm. in the United States, it's per quad. That's right. In Canada, it's per time. Like yeah, fifteen minutes of SRP. So how much time does that now take you per quadrant? I mean, every severity is going to yeah, be a little bit different. It's a but, little bit different. Okay, so let's say how much time are you kind of shaving off? At least 30%. Wow. At least. Hmm. Which really was eye-opening to me because it made me realize that there's a large portion of what it is that I've been doing that was not only unnecessary, but also could be damaging. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. What was I doing to destroy this? And we look like at overscaling. Cement- yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that torn cementum, we now know, like it's so hard for the body to heal there. So again, think about your delayed wound healing patients. They're already delayed because they're diabetic or rheumatoid arthritis or immunocompromised, whatever that sure. may be. So they're already delayed. And now we're making it even harder for that body to heal. Yeah. The you know core value of do no harm really comes into play here. Mm. So we now know. And according to Dr. Maya Angelou, it's always do the best you can until you know better. Then yeah. when you know better, do better. Interesting. So we've integrated this technology as a means of yeah. doing better. Are you the only person in your practice that has this technology at this point? or Currently. How do you feel about the rest of the team? Because you work in a bigger practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I brought it to yeah. AZ Perio and they started to kind of circulate around right. and start using it. And the hygienists were so excited. So now the conversation is... How do we get it? We're in, getting it. That's right. right. Yep. Yeah. How do we get one for every doctor and every surgical hygienist yeah. at this point? So it's one of those technologies that if one clinician in the practice has it, it elevates that standard yeah. to the next level. And it's something that allows us to be able to calibrate and live together. Yeah. I watched the video that I believe is shared on YouTube. So I'll share the link below with Dr. Liviu. I can't remember his last name. Livu Stiv- Yeah. Something. He's a Romanian dude. Yeah. So one of my peeps. <laughs> And he shared some before and after photos with, I don't even know what's the fancy word for it, the light, the lights turned on kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With caries as well, with yes. early caries lesions and being able to identify early caries lesions on direct surfaces as opposed to interproximal surfaces. So buccal, lingual, occlusal, and identifying it early, like super, super early. Yes. Which has its benefits as well. For a yes. hygienist before the doc comes in for that exam, I mean, that's, we're doing that with disclosing agent. Like yes. we're, anything that's lighting up purple, we're taking a photo of it. And then when we remove the biofilm, we take a photo of it again, see if that white spot lesion is either shiny or if it's glossy. But this just like elevates that one extra level. Yes. And to have the capabilities to be able to take an intro photo, which I know that they're working on integrating the system with their camera, yeah. to be able to take those photos chair side and upload them to the patient file. So powerful. That's really cool. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, as my friend Katrina it. says, stay tuned. Stay tuned. For more info. I'm hoping to get my hands on one soon. So let's that's see. Amazing. I know they're working on a 2.0 version. So that's what I'm waiting that's for. That's right. Yep. And thank you for sharing this info with us. Oh my us. gosh. Thank you for and having course, me like, here today. Of course, like always welcome on this podcast. Oh my gosh. Like permanent position. Love it. Great. Cool. All right, peeps. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Two Thirds Year Podcast. And until next time, peace out, peeps. You can do it.
And I'll catch you on the flippity flip. You didn't say cheers. Cheers. She's been gone for like, I what, have three my weeks? How much she's already cheers forgotten? without a mimosa? I <laughs> rain. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Cheers. So I'm going to end this with a serious question like okay. I did last time. You had a hard time answering oh my, my God, last question. Irene. But luckily, you don't have to answer that one again. Okay, good. So I'm just going to take question. my sip of wine here. What's one thing you wish you would have done more of 10 years ago? One thing I wish I would have done more of 10 years ago. Yeah. How old were you 10 years ago? 14? <laughs> I was 27 10 years ago. I have two things I would like to do. Oh. One would be a better skincare regimen. <laughs> <laughs> For the gingers living in Arizona. <laughs> okay. I wish I would have soaked it up more instead of being so focused on work mm. and so focused on doing the next thing and clawing to the next level and you know, schmoozing with this. And I wish that I would have been more present. Hmm. I wish I would have been more present. I think about the diverse things I did 10 years ago. And, you know, I was so busy and focused on all these other things that I wasn't taking pictures. I wasn't taking videos. I wasn't just immersing myself. I wasn't going swimming with the dolphins when I was in Cancun. I was busy with my laptop working. And gosh, I wish I would have soaked up more of those Mm. times. But it's good that I know now. Yeah. So that we can do something different about it. And, of course, a better skincare regimen. (laughs) 